Hey everyone, this is Connor. Before we get started, I just want to encourage you to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. If you become a patron, you'll get access to multiple exclusive episodes every month. And you can also join our patrons-only Discord chat, where Pete and I talk informally with the Podside Picnic community. So if you like the show, go ahead and check us out at patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. Thanks. Welcome back, everyone, to Graveside. This is, of course, Carlo, uh, and it's uh, it's me and Kurt and Chris. Kurt, Chris, how are you guys doing? Hello, my dearest and fondest childhood friend, and thank you, indeed, thank you twice or thricely for reaching out. Yet, alas, I find myself now at capacity. Though I fondly wish you well, I must suggest, in the grandest and most heartfelt of manners, that you vouchsafe such worldly complaints as you might have or wish to have to some other confidant or companion. <laughs> I see. <laughs> Alas, I'm all out of terrines. <laughs> sadly, sadly, sadly. Well, you know, gents, I, I gathered you around to um, to have a, a drink, shall we say? Let, let's just go down to the cellar, shall we? Uh, it's a it's a great bottle of uh, what is it? Henri the <laughs> Fourth Dudonian uh, Heritage Cognac, uh, blah, 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 whatever, uh, whatever, whatever, whatever. <laughs> it's it's encrusted with diamonds. The, the, the they should have called this show the Telltale Dialogue because it won't shut the fuck up. Yeah, <laughs> that that bottle reminded me of. Have you seen that that the, the TikTok of that like super gaudy like art gallery that has like the uh like it's like a gun, a bottle of cognac, and like a cigar and like some sort of like pyrite like slab <laughs> no but i like the direction this is going yeah it, it, <laughs> what it, other objects might it contain that, that's what the, the the bottle in that scene reminded me of like just like you know the uh, the vegas's idea of fancy <laughs> well i mean uh, it's it it apparently it is an actual thing that exists <laughs> i believe that yes um it is it is like a million dollars uh from from whatever the company is. I, I I am not interested in it's it's only like uh 82 proof, so fuck that shit. <laughs> like it's 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 been it's been like aged for a century or some shit like that. And it's like it's only 82 proof. Fuck you. Fuck and if you. I'm spending that much money on liquor, it better and, give me brain damage. And and to be clear, uh dear audience, we, we are tonight to speaking be, to of be Star Trek, Star Trek the Voyage Home. Um, yes, no. yes. <laughs> the, the way it's home to the house of the, Usher, the house of Usher. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, this would have been a very different uh, story if uh, Roderick Usher had, had enacted Castle Doctrine. Oh, oh! I thought you were going to say if it turned out that that like um, I guess Roderick Usher would be Spock and the narrator would be Kirk, <laughs> and then at the end he'd be like, "You have always been my friend." <laughs> Spock. <laughs> what is it about your sister, Spock? <laughs> oh boy. You know So anyway, we're going to be we're so so let me let me just uh yeah, we 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 are going to be talking about uh, primarily a little bit about um the the Fla the Michael Flanagan uh House of Usher which um which Man, would usher in a better TV show. <laughs> I, I wish. Yeah, exactly. I wish the usher would have sent me outside of the theater. Hey, oh. Hey, oh. Um, 
but yeah, uh, so so the the show that I, I like within the first episode, I was like, okay, I guess we're just we're we're now getting into the 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 post cinematic universe. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, well, that happened, and that's gonna happen and keep happening for several episodes. Well, I mean, that that you know, you 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 quip, Kurt, but but honestly, <laughs> this show is so dead, is trying to be so deadly serious and capital I important about capital I issues, uh, and you know, capital C E current events, if you will, that it just sort of like man. Get on with it. Just, just fucking like, I, I, can we turn the 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 can we turn the Poeverse into like just a slasher flick? Because that that would yeah. at least be entertaining. Quipped mm-hmm. the Raven uh, did well. That <laughs> well that happened. <laughs> Quip, quipped the Raven. They fly now. They fly now. <laughs> I fly now. Yeah, yeah. You know, I went into this show um, with high hopes because I I I love Poe. I'm a sucker. I know the criticisms. Yes, some of the stories can be repetitive. Yes, his style of writing can, can be a bit overwrought, uh, to, to put it very, very mildly. <laughs> but, but like, honestly, whenever this show actually did get around to doing some Poe shit, I was like, you know, I was kind of feeling it. And mm-hmm. But that's at most fucking five minutes of each episode. And the, the remaining 45 to 55 minutes are just, Netflix babble, just just yep. Netflix babble. To, as you said, Carlo, it's like it's either trying to to make a point. It's either trying to be like, you know, we mistreat the poor. Yes, I fucking know that. Say, say something. That, say you. something about it. If only that had come up in some in some post story, perhaps, or there was some mm-hmm. way to tie this in other than just having, you know, a, a very fine cast just mm-hmm. dr- dryly read the 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 most undercooked to the point of being batter dialogue I've ever mm. read. Yeah, yeah. Uh, honestly, this, this is like cookie dough dialogue. It yes. will give you salmonella if you if you're not careful. You know. Yeah. It felt <laughs> the the, it, the one that made me roll my eyes the most was uh where the their, their crazy mom is like, remember what Mother Teresa says? Je- uh, pain is Jesus kissing you, and then oh, in narration, Roderick says. Well then, Jesus must have been fucking kissing my mom because she like, it was just like, what the hell? I was <laughs> didn't even make it. The, it was just the one that killed me was um, in the first episode. Somebody actually says, "I think I threw up in my mouth a little bit," and oh. I was like, "Oh, I remember 1996. That was a that was a great time." Yeah. <laughs> well, one of the things that that immediately jumped out at me, I I I did sort of I I I'm accused of posting, uh, posting a little bit through it, you know, um, was that initial scene because it starts off with like what is it 1979? It's like New Year's Eve 1979, uh, and. You know, it's basically young Roderick and young Madeline. No, not even closely, uh, you know, like none of the weird incest vibes that the original story had. All of these have been excised from the Netflix show, which Mm. um, I think is the poorer for it. Um, And And it's uh, it's it's weird, uh, by the way, because people keep. People keep saying like, "Oh, it's got like incest vibes." No, no, it really doesn't. The original, does the original story does, mm-hmm. but like they don't actually do anything with it here. They're just like, like at at most, they like sleep in the same bed when mm-hmm. they're children. Very, you know, I, I don't know. Anyway, 
Sorry, Carl. Go. Yeah, on. no, no I, I knew I was in for for like an eye rolling journey when uh, the the supposed uh, banter that they're supposed to be setting up as their alibi. Uh, you know what is it? This is December, like December thirty first, nineteen seventy nine, and. Uh, you know, what, what is it? Madeline goes like, well, I'm sure glad that we can kick Carter out of the White House. Uh, Reagan it will be great for business. And her her brother goes like, oh, is he running? Is like, motherfucker, he had a national fucking address on November, <laughs> like a mm-hmm. month before. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Like, like I, I remember somebody chided me. I was like, "Well, they're trying. Maybe they're trying to set up an alibi, and, and like they're not very you know, make people think they're not smart." And it's like. The writers aren't smart. I'm sorry, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's like, like an episode if, if, two where um, Prospero, who is like Mister Party Drugs, is like, mm-hmm. oh, go see the people with the red, uh, um, you know, glow sticks. They have all the good stuff. X Molly. X is Molly. Yes. Molly and yes. X are the same thing. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. X is the the app that we're all tweeting. See, on. That's we're all posting on, on, on X, formerly known as Twitter. Um, so, so, I mean, one of the things that that struck me about this entire project is that it sort of. I, I also may have mentioned online that, like, you know. Somehow it doesn't have the same weight to me if your dilapidated house of Usher is like at the end of a cul-de-sac. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, uh, you, you know, the, the house is falling down in Levittown does not really like inspire. <laughs> yeah. Like, like if it, like granted it's a, it's a nice Victorian, but, but also like, could you imagine if they just like dispensed with even that and been like, well, it's a fucking rancher. Yeah, it's a ranch well, house. <laughs> the, the the ranch house of Usher. <laughs> so mm-hmm. so I mean that is kind of what they do in so in in the first episode they 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 don't start with the flashback. They start with like the outcome of the court that's true, case that's true. where he gets a call and like um Dupont like comes and and uh, you know visits him and they do this whole thing where he, you know yes as you, as you say he he you know arrives outside the house of Usher and it's very and I I actually thought that this sequence was pretty well done and mm-hmm. then they get inside and like although the set is very kind of dark and dreary Roderick Usher is literally um what's the actor's name um Bruce Greenwood. Bruce Greenwood, a good a good actor, but mm-hmm. he like is. he he gives he gives he gets fucking gristle, barely even gristle to 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 work with, and he and they literally just have him like s- sitting there. <laughs> he's not acting weird. It's just like a character. He's just mm-hmm. like a Mad Men character who it's like, mm-hmm. well, he's in a weird room. Like he yeah, doesn't yeah, he, seem creepy or weird or anything. He's just <laughs> chilling there. He's he's just doing like a, a madman, you know, uh, come in, close the door type of thing. But it's like a dilapidated office. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Shut the door behind you, please. Um, you know, let me bring it. Like it, it's just you know, I I'm sure that he could have turned in like a really weird, dreary, gothic performance, but they don't. Well, so they don't do anything with it. So this is this is the thing that I, I as I understand it, um, like you know. <sighs> The thing I struggle with is why didn't they just make this into more like if they're going to go because this this like, Kurt, you you said that that there's like five minutes of Poe. I, I would disagree because it's it's threaded throughout uh, and and 
like even from like uh that that first one of the first scenes where they're at the the funeral like he's like the writers just cribbed lines directly yeah. from like poetry yeah. and it's like come on man like it it feels uh, you know what it reminded me it it reminds me of how mad Roald Dahl was at the the Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory movie <laughs> because it was like it's all plagiarized they used they didn't use any of my stuff uh, <laughs> and, and sort of sort of like to, it's not to hateful ex- enough towards the women. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. Uh, you know, <laughs> these aunts, not, these uh, these aunts aren't loathsome enough. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Couldn't we get some anti-Semitism going? Yeah. <laughs> Um, but but what I'm saying is that like Roldal like I think notoriously was like very very angry at the Willy Wonka the one with Gene Wilder in it because like it's intercut with a lot of quoting. <laughs> I'm sure he would have liked like the Johnny Depp one a lot better. <laughs> oh wow, yeah, no, I mean I, I I sort of disagree with Roldal on that one, but here it's just grading because yes. you can see sort of like the 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 better material, like the cream is there floating amongst right. the other the other stuff, it, it, and so on. Yeah, you know, like I think my my takeaway after watching all episodes, all eight episodes, is that this feels like you're like someone promised you a good roast. Uh, to to eat for dinner and oh, and what, I you what meant they like a Friars Club roast yeah. no no th- this <laughs> this Martin? we are roasting this show but the, the, <laughs> the show is you know what I'd imagine I thought I was going in for a nice roast dinner right and what I ended up getting is like some drippings from the bottom of the pan yes. and just mm-hmm. the odd little chunk of good meat which is actually the po parts. Yeah. When I said five minutes, what what I mean are the actual set pieces. Mm-hmm. No, no, because, I, yeah, 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 no, you're 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 correct. Like they they really work to be like, oh, we got to drop in a little a little a little Poe bit. Can you know? Can can somebody say nevermore while looking directly at the camera? Can somebody say a gold bug? You you know uh, you have a real yes. gold bug or my granddaughter Lenore. Yes, yeah. Yes. Um, but but so but my I, I my my say, ex my ex wife Annabelle Lee. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, uh, my daughter, by the way, is named Annabelle and is named after that poem, by the way, mm-hmm. ominously. Or, if you please, uh, the Stevie Nicks song, if uh, <laughs> as I tell squares. Um, well, but not not that square. I mean, if, if they like uh, Stevie Nicks, they can't be that square. But anyway, um, <laughs> the, the to, to to your point about about the house, um, the one the the one thing that worked ironically for me is when they literally did just. Like transpose Poe into like a cul-de-sac and ranchers because in that first episode they have a flashback to kind of like the 1950s like mm-hmm. dark Americana uh like v- version of like white picket fences and and stuff mm-hmm. um when Roderick and uh, is it Melanie M- Madeline Madeline thank you um are are like um kids and that to me was the only part that I was genuinely interested in because I actually think you could do something kind of cool of of like you know like adopt do do a genuine anthology series don't worry about this mm-hmm. like oh there has to be an overarching storyline bullshit just like yeah. do just just do each well, episode that, separately and I totally that, think you could do one episode as like the 1950s one as like exactly. a boardroom drama etc cetera, etc cetera. I mean the the thing is that the 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 limited series itself actually tries to be exactly that but like you said it's 
so so one of the things that that that's really annoying about this is also that this is like this is a show that I think uh, Chris you had mentioned and and I had noticed it immediately as well that um, this is a show that owes a gigantic debt to Succession. <laughs> yes, oh, absolutely. Uh, including it, including like like oh do we want you know do we want the Succession theme as well? Is yep. like no we got that at home you know we're, we're gonna, <laughs> exactly we're gonna, yeah we're, it's it's kind of like build the, it the from bangy. the ground up. Yep, the kind of like slightly discordant, like bangy piano sound. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and, and, and the and, other one is the uh, the 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 two Benoit Blanc um, movies, of which I am, I, I, which I must say, I am really not a fan. Like I thought mm-hmm. they were, you know, they were an enjoyable enough thing to kind of put on and and kind of watch. Um, as mysteries, they suck though. Yeah, yeah, they're they're not they're not great mysteries, which is fine. Honestly, I'm really there for the goofy detective, and mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry, but Benoit Blanc is just not. He's not quite there enough. Yeah, he's not. Qu- I, I don't know. He's a little bit too. I, I don't know something. Anyway, he, not, he's but, he's he's got you. You know what it is, it, it, and I think it's it's it came out even more in uh, Glass Onion is yes. the fact that he's become more. He's he's sort of like he's Jack Sparrowed himself. Yeah, he's become yes, even yes. more of the character, and so then it becomes like okay, I can't even take it seriously at all. You know. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's Hercule Poirot reduced entirely to him talking about little gray cells. Literally every mm-hmm. line is like, "My little gray cells tell me this. My little gray, mm-hmm. my little my my Belgian sense is tingling." <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, but yeah, the, and and I have to say, as as kind of middling regard as I hold as I hold those movies, they do. So a much better job mm-hmm. of the stereotypical rich people um, mm-hmm. than this does. Like there I, is, I, this- I think, I think that the 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 Johnson works, um, and and like like you, I think I I think they're they're entertaining, but they're not particularly great. Yeah. Um, and, and to your point, Chris, yeah, they they they're sort of like they they're they're like subverted mysteries. It's like you know who did it, and you're like, no, yeah. that, that I mean. That can work if it's Columbo or something, you know. But exactly, yeah. But yeah, but we're, the, we're, we're, yeah. I think that the issue is that to 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 his credit, Johnson is mean. Yeah, like mm. he he does not present any of these rich people as like people that you should look up to or you should admire or you know they're 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 just just card almost cardboard cutouts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas this is like this. The, this for some reason wants to lend a sympathetic depth to these characters, which a they're they're just they're not interesting enough for that to mm-hmm. work, and b it winds up undercutting itself. So like in the second well, that- episode, you have Prospero, who is like a little obnoxious like influencer shit, mm-hmm. you know, which which I love that that's that that mm-hmm. would be a very fun thing, and there's a part almost immediately where. He thinks somebody ate his his precious gull eggs, and you know he he threatens to stab one of his like companions with, with, with a fork and does this like if I put the fork in here, I, I said like if I put the fork in here, <laughs> anyway um the uh you know you'll have to keep keep it there the whole way to the hospital and it's like why not just have him stab his companion and just actually do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that would be that would be the, the weird gothic touch instead of being mm-hmm. like, oh, no, he's just, you know, oh, he's he's only kind of threatening or. And then mm-hmm. they spend a while of him being like, oh, it's so hard to be me. And it's like, 
that could have been one line instead of a five minute scene. Um, yes, it's just yeah, and or or like Roderick Usher, they set him up, uh, and then they immediately like simply you know make him kind of sympathetic, and it's like, but, but why? I came yeah. here to see degenerate rich people, and then to mm-hmm. see them get murdered. And mm-hmm. you know, I didn't. I didn't come here to be like, oh, well, you know, they, maybe he has a point. Maybe it wasn't so fair. To him well, I mean, and, and so, so when I when I sort of like scoff or sneer at you know saying like this show wants to be about you know capital I capital T important things that are happening in the world. Um, Roderick Usher is basically the head now of he, he's, he's, he's not the, the Usher families. They should be, they should be the Sacklers mixed in with Tesla, you know, right. uh, because, because essentially it's every rich person that is currently like in the zeitgeist or is known right now to be like evil. Right. Um, and, and I think the more I think about it, the more I think I, I would have expected or would have been much more interested in if this had been approached instead of because I think the the misstep that this makes is that uh, apart from making Roderick Usher you know like sympathetic and Madeline sympathetic and blah 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 whatever whatever um, they're they're also like they they come up from nothing. Like it, they make it a rags to riches story. And I'm like, that is a complete misstep. What the fuck are you doing, dude? This is a gray garden story. Right. They should, they, you know, Augustine, Augustine Dupont, Dupont should have been like wandering into like an overgrown <laughs> mansion where the last two ushers, right. like if, if you want to continue with the, with the whole, Oh, they, they're the head of a family who's committed, you know, crimes um you could continue with that but then they're the only surviving members like him and madeline and he goes into like this weird mansion that's all dilapidated and they've been like recluses for a while but somehow you know because they still own these companies or whatever they're still responsible for them you know that type of thing uh it would lend some sort of um some weirdness, but also like a tragic air that goes with the Gothic, right? That mm-hmm. they're just like, mm-hmm. they're completely disconnected. They have no idea what's going on. Uh, I just find it so strange to me that they went this route that like, because like the original story doesn't, doesn't really go into it, but like Madeline and Roderick Usher live out in some fucking godforsaken wasteland <laughs> in a giant mm-hmm. mansion, you know, isolated from everything uh, in the middle of like a depressed, like essentially the entire land has a depressive episode around the <laughs> around the house. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So and they make a point of of in in the original story. There's a very there's a very specific point made of like, you know, the the, the they've they've never branched out. It, there's 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 really just one lineage of ushers, and they've only ever lived in this house. And it's become to where the house and them are completely intertwined to the point that, like, they've taken on the house's name and vice versa. And mm-hmm. nobody even remembers that it was ever called anything else. And so, you know, it sets up this idea of, of like, the doomed architecture. And as the house crumbles, the family crumbles and, well, and, and vice and, versa. And, and Poe has that great fucking touch where, like, he says essentially, like, oh, you know, if you knew where to look, you'd see a crack running down the right. entire front of the facade of the of the mansion, right? Yeah. Uh, which is such a great, like, it's such a, a 
juicy little thing to include mm. uh, as a like a, a metaphor that is you know sort of reified in the story. And it's so lovely. And here it's just mm -hmm. like, well, you know, they live in a fucking Victorian mansion that's falling apart. Yeah, and that's like, it. why yeah. is it falling apart? I per perhaps <laughs> that's revealed later in the series, but it's like it doesn't. When we meet them, they don't really seem like people who would live in a dilapidated well, they, mansion. They, they just kind of like, doesn't, yeah, he doesn't live there. Is the thing he he bought the house and has kept it. <laughs> it's like it's an Airbnb. <laughs> not not even not even that. He just kept it empty. You know. Uh, yeah, it doesn't work. Uh, the, it, it just doesn't work. Yeah. It, the greatest I, I, sin that this show makes to me, though, isn't even any of this stuff. It's it's how much of this, um, and this I think comes back to your point, Carlo, about like it's it's need to be like now and important. Mm -hmm. um, is just how much of this show could be cut and pasted to literally any other Netflix mm -hmm. show? It could be yep. it could be an episode of Suits. It could be an episode of Burn Notice. Yeah. Like it's mm -hmm. it's just like middle, uh, just like mid range. Yes. TV. There's a whole sequence um, in the first episode where uh, Auguste Dupont like lays out the case, and it goes on for like ten minutes, and he's just talking. He's, it's basically just like like a like a courtroom sequence from Law and Order, but but done worse. And it's like, why am I watching this? <laughs> Yeah, I think the comparison to something like Suits is is spot on. Um, now, I, you know, I, I'll I will admit that I I've, did, I watched only the first episode and not even the entire thing of that. <laughs> so, uh, fair warning. But I will say, like, it, it it's it has that thing of you know people in nice settings in you know nice clothing talking in uh, import like you know in important hushed tones about important stuff that ultimately doesn't mean a damn right. thing. Like. It, it's this like suits is rife with that where it's all these like, you know, big hotshot lawyers in their glass offices talking about this company doing this thing. But it's all just like, you know, uh, you know, gristle to get them in uh, a room talking to each mm -hmm. other. You know, I mean, that, that's that's all it is. None of it really makes any sort of difference. And, and this felt very much like yeah, that. Yeah, and and it, and it keeps like cutting around and like sometimes you see your stuff about a clinical trial and sometimes you hear stuff but it's it's not it's not like building anywhere as you say it's just an excuse to get them in a room together or it's an excuse to be like oh remember when we had what's this cool rundown factory oh you say that there's all sorts of terrible chemicals there okay well that's you know and why does that matter well it matters because we need to have a scene Later this episode, where, where it matters, mm -hmm. and then yeah. you know, and, and granted, when they finally fucking do something like the end of the second episode, where everybody gets doused in like chemicals and melts together into this big fleshy blob, you know, for the for the minute and a half that that goes on, I was kind of like, yeah, like this is this is this is decent. This is this is promising. It's not. It, this is the other weird thing, though, is that like when they have these horror set pieces, they're not. They're not scary or even eerie. Somehow, somehow, perhaps this is the genius of Mike Flanagan. He's found the way he's found a way to shoot like a very like competently made, like like produced visually like horror set piece and like kind of horror scene that has mm -hmm. no affect or impact whatsoever on the viewer. Yeah. Like, no, absolutely. In that first episode when their mom climbs out of the grave you know, and appears behind them. First of all, it telegraph it, it lets you know like a minute and a half ahead of time 
that sh- where she's going to be in the scene. Cause like mm-hmm. Roderick Usher is standing there with the entire right half of the screen, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like black. And it's like, Oh gee, I, and, and Oh, and in, there's in, lightning in the midst flashing of a storm. too. Yeah. 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 It's like, I, I wonder is the lightning going to flash and then she's going to be, Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, there, <laughs> there she is. But I, but I almost laughed because it took so long for it to happen. Um, and then somehow uh, this is like an editing thing or something. I'm not sure. Just the way that the shot is framed just made it feel completely prosaic and like not actually surprising. Like it was, like, like it, it was, it was a jump scare that wasn't shot like a jump well, scare. Well, so, so it, 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 it was it, neither it, jump nor scare. It telegraphs. Creepshow it, did that much better. Well, the, the, the thing is, I think it telegraphs it because she doesn't appear until uh, young Madeline points and then she appears oh, yes. and you're like, yes. Well, no motherfucker. You're supposed to have like, honestly in the first flash, she should have been there. And, and like, like over the shoulder so that you just, you know, like maybe out of focus or something. So you just see a, a, a figure. Right. But yeah, like, like telegraphing where the jump scare is going to go by having your character point at the darkness behind them and then have the lightning flash reveal the, the jump scare <laughs> is like, what is wrong with the timing here? What, what are you doing, bro? So, Something that I started wondering as I continued watching. So I only watched the first two episodes, um, mm-hmm. but which is you know one and a half more than I wished to watch. Uh, <laughs> but but I, this really feels in a lot of ways like like a show more like Wednesday, like a teen mm. type show, and yet it's it's definitely not because like there's there's like. The quasi full frontal nudity. It's 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 mm-hmm. one of that. It's one of those like full frontals where it's like uh like the merkin is so large as to be basically like a like a pair of like full length pants. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but like it it if you took out the nudity, this would be a perfectly fine like teen yeah. show. Yeah. But but like, also like, it it wouldn't be a very good one. I have to say Wednesday is scarier than this show is. That's 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 honestly very sad. Um because Wednesday's yeah, not like, bad, like, I will say. Anyway. None, I mean I, I saw I saw a couple of episodes I think I think uh I enjoyed what I what I watched, but I wasn't like you know, like yeah, no, no. It's, it's for it. like fifteen-year-olds. You know, it's yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's fine. fine. There's there's a role for that. Creepshow, I, I arguably, think, is think, for fifteen-year-olds. Yeah, I I think that you're absolutely correct. Like this is this is, and I think that this has been my my sort of like complaint with the remakes of like the the Haunting of Hill House and the Haunting of Bly Manor, where where it's sort of like Flanagan has this talent of taking something that should be a horror story and completely sort of defanging it and making mm. it in instead of horror it's spoopy now yeah and, yeah. and that's his talent you know like I, I i well see i think it's less it's less less because it's not going for like a cutesy twee kind of take on horror but it's just kind of like it's the you know it's the sanding down of stuff that a lot of the netflix um you know s- shows suffer from like the same thing with like stranger things where it's ostensibly a horror show uh clearly you know and at least at first ripping off stephen king and things like that um and with this like horrific like demon from from wherever and there's just there's just like hardly any tension or anything like that like it's and it's just now it's all about like oh that everybody's dressed like you know the the ice cream place that she works at and stuff like yeah. that like it's it's this like um i, I don't know it's and I, th- I think it's just the 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 needs of it being, uh, you know, 
it's all it's I don't know it's it's like a Netflix house style yeah. because I I, I um, Mike Flanagan directed the, the the Doctor Sleep adaptation, um, which I didn't think was terrible. Like it, 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 the the it's the book is I, I am a somewhat apologist for the book. Like there there was no necessary there was no need for a Shining sequel, obviously. But uh, for you know late period Stephen King, it's one I thought it was one of his better attempts, and um, the movie does a decent job of that. Except uh, you know Mike Flanagan's limitations are like readily apparent when he starts going to um the overlook hotel and like trying to mimic uh kubrick <laughs> stuff where it's just like ooh yeah there's there's a great difference but he's he is cap- my my point is he he is capable of delivering <laughs> like a decent product uh and there's just something about netflix yeah. that yeah yeah really like just compresses it down compresses and, it and, and into pa- like this kind of like weirdly pads it out at, at the same time that's exactly yeah it's compressed it's compressed down so that there's no like rough edges but then it's also just goes on and on and on forever yeah, yeah. what's really funny is so i was fast forwarding through parts of the second episode cuz my i was watching it with uh, with my wife um and and it, there was it the, there was a there was a part where they were talking about like drug chemistry um and that's what she does f- for a living she's a she's a toxicologist um and she, and she said you know i should be really interested in this but it's just like washing over me like i have i like i cannot force she was, she says like i cannot force myself to pay attention to to what they're saying um and, and yeah it's just it's it's just like it, so much of it exists just to take up to take up time mm-hmm. and the, the the thing that i was laughing about as i was fast forwarding through it is how many of the shots are just like a long stationary shot that slowly zooms in. And if you fast forward through an episode, uh, uh, probably about half of the episode is a stationary shot very slowly zooming in over the course of like a minute or two. And it it becomes very obvious once you have like the Netflix preview at the bottom. (laughs) And by the end, I was literally just like fast forwarding to like, Where's the part where people are dying? Where okay, there's mm-hmm. I, I'm at like eight minutes left. Surely, surely something bad must happen. Okay, finally, in the last you know two two minutes of it, and uh, yeah, it's I don't know. It's it's like it's like how how could you take these fairly short stories? Um, and, and yeah, as you said, uh, as you as both of you said, you know, both condense them and somehow expand them, like uh, like like you know, too much, uh, not, what is it? Uh, not enough butter on too much toast. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. You know, exactly. Everybody yeah, gets yeah. fucking bilboed. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It, it, it's really, and I think it's just this necessity to have something be, um, a series rather than a yeah. movie. And I think that's like, that's because, uh, you know, the streaming model is like trying to get somebody to like, you know, the binge watching and, and, uh, you know, constantly being back there. And whereas like a lot of the stuff would be uh, so much, like I always go back to the one that pisses me off the most is um, the Errol Morris. Um, I was like Wormwood or something like that, but the story about the CIA um, and MK ultra mm-hmm. doing like testing the LSD. That was, it's a fascinating story. And Errol Morrison was Errol Morris was telling it wonderfully, except it was like 10 episodes <laughs> long. 
And just like was like this this is so there's no need for that whatsoever. And it was just it would have been an amazing like two hour documentary, but as it is, it's a very mediocre. Yeah. And and know, then ten, ten and then episode. because it's so long and because they insist on it having this like overarching plot, so much of the runtime goes towards like tiresomely setting up that overarching plot and not yeah. not even actually like letting it pay off or do anything. Um, well, mm-hmm. I, I, so. I also think that um, one of the things that I, I – to your, to your point, Chris, regarding uh, the Netflix house style um, is this, this fucking insistence on like stringing like something that you should have known from like the first episode – Mm. Uh, because it's, you know, like, or, or maybe not the first episode, but the, 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 ep- the, the part of that, that first episode where they go back to the bar and the whole thing. Right. And, um, they, they essentially hold off on telling you exactly what happened there. Uh, mm-hmm. even though everyone knows, everyone fucking knows what it, what is going to happen. Right. Everyone's mm-hmm. read Poe, like the entire internet yeah. has memed Cask of Amontillado for like, you know, it's several <laughs> years. We know you don't have to hide mm-hmm. it, but weirdly right. they hide it until the next to the last episode. And that is always, it's, it's, I, I, I started, uh, realizing that that's sort of like what they, what the Netflix, uh, house style does, um, is to hold off on something that would be a character motivation from the jump. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they they hold off on the next to the last episode to give that, to close that particular character arc mm-hmm. and then lead mm-hmm. into like the, the, the season finale, right? Um, yeah. And the it's, only, so, it's, the only so, it's so annoying. I think that did work, by the way, is um, in uh, Stranger Things, with um, what's his name's uh, the w- when they kind of yeah yeah Hopper that, that, yeah well yeah, I mean- yeah yeah with uh, with yeah with like a Hopper's kid and I was like oh okay like like that was genuinely touching and that that worked but ever since then yeah they've I feel like they've they've been chasing a similar moment but it mm-hmm. doesn't it doesn't actually come out of left field because as you mm-hmm. say it's like the most obvious thing possible mm-hmm. well and and well, and. and- it, it, are you guys? It's that Surf Dracula tweet. Do you know that one? <laughs> Where they're like, back in the day, if you did a TV show called Surf Dracula, you'd see that fool surfing every week in new adventures. But in the streaming era, the entire first season got to be a long ass flashback to how he got the surfboard until you finally get to see him surf for five minutes. There we go. There we go. But but I, I we mean, should watch uh, Surf Dracula, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, to your point, Kurt. Like I think I had already sort of like perhaps. Uh, subconsciously sort of figured that out, uh, but, but through better shows than mm-hmm. stranger things. And so like, like for instance, if you watch the Sopranos or you watch, uh, you know, like more sort of like prestige TV, like actual stuff that that's worth watching, you realize that, yeah, like that, that, uh, next to the last episode is something where they close something out and then they leave themselves some room in the la- the very last episode of the season to sort of like, you know, like have something exciting happen, something surprising, blah, 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 that, that then foster, like it engenders some sort of interest in the next season. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but in, you- in stranger things uh, to, to finish, just finish out the thought, I found that mm-hmm. it was really annoying to me because yes, it is touching, but it's also like something that would have, it could have been inserted from the get go, man. 
It could have been a flashback at the, or, or not even a flashback, just simply like a, a chronological thing where Hopper, you know, like you do a, a montage at the beginning and you show Hopper like having to struggle with the fact that, yeah, he lost his daughter. He, you know, that, that ended his marriage, yada, yada, yada. And then you go, oh, so that's, that's why he's such a dick all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and then it also sets up like, okay, so then his new arc is, oh, it's 11, you know, he's going to try to do that. And it would, it would sort of give you as a viewer much more, I don't know, like it would give him much more pathos uh, throughout because you'd be like, oh man, he's, he's really having a bad time. It's, I, I think it's probably no coincidence that all these, like the greatest, um, shows of, of like the the golden age of tv like sopranos and Mad Men and stuff like that were written by people who grew up writing like traditional broadcast yeah. tv mm-hmm. shows where they had to le- you know learn how to write a complete story for mm-hmm. one episode and whereas like most modern day streaming stuff is all these people straight out of you know harvard or whatever and all they know is this kind mm-hmm. of crap. Yeah. Yep. Yep. you know what would have been funny and then and then i want to hear from from uh, Chris about a better version yeah. of this, but yes. you know what, yes. you know what would have been funny is if all through this series constantly, they had people offering rare alcoholic beverages to people <laughs> and like, and like never, never actually do it. Just it's, it's constant. Like, you know, I happen to have this extremely rare wine and, you know, I happen to have some down in the basement and then, and then they, they just like go down there and it's just filled with wine. I go, Whoa, awesome. See, you have so much of this rare wine, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, let, let, let's talk about, um, because Chris, I, I, I sadly, um, I started, but I could not finish watching. I should have watched this instead of, instead of episode two yes. <laughs> of this piece of shit. Uh, the, the Roger Corman, uh, house of usher with a, a, a blonde Vincent price who looks very strange as, mm-hmm. as a blonde. Yes, he does. Yeah. He, he looks truly really weird. Um, yeah, it, it was really great. Um, he it it's much closer to the story than you would imagine. Although to kind of you know uh, finish out um you know fill out, finish out the time they they do add like uh the that the you know unnamed narrator is uh Madeline Madeline Madeline's um yeah like you know fiance and he's he's there to take her away from from the the men's and um so there's this kind of like tension between him and Roderick. Where uh, you know he wants to take her away and Roderick wants her to stay, um, but they you know they they Corman does an excellent job, particularly of setting the atmosphere, the gothic atmosphere and mood, and uh, particularly about the house. Like you you see the crack mm-hmm. that you know that Kurt mentioned earlier, and like every so often there will just be this like deep thunderous rumbling of the house and like it's it's you know it's a cliche to say it but the house is legitimately a character in in Mm -hmm. the movie um so he does a great job of weaving that throughout um and of course vincent price is is you know he's fantastic um even even if his i am very off put by his you know (laughs) eminem look but um, if you well, had you know, one chance, you know, how, how, you know, you know, the House of Usher was it was at the end of Eight Mile, you know. So, <laughs> and and there's some, you know, there's some, uh, you know, uh, you know, some unfortunate things based on Corman's, you know, relative American International's relative lack of funding. So, like the guy who plays, I don't even remember his character's name, but um, but like he he's essentially is it, the is unnamed it Win- narrator, Winthrop or something like that. 
Yes, yeah, that's a, that's right. Um, he's he's just not good uh, as I mean, an actor, I, I, <laughs> and because he, he's I think, like, I think I, I mean, I didn't finish watching it, but I did watch a little bit of it, and I was just like sort of chuckling to myself that it was like, well, uh, uh, they're going to meet at dawn and have like a pompadour duel, you know, they're, they're going to use their pompadours <laughs> to, <laughs> to duel each other because it was sort of very funny because they're 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 both dressed in like this uh, sort of like. 19th century ish looking garb, mm-hmm. but then both of them have like these upswept, you know, very, very, very big yeah. hair type of uh, moments here. And you're like, mm. yeah, absolutely. It, it's, uh, but he's just like kind of like, uh, he's attempting a, you know, aristocratic, like Victorian kind of accent, but it's just, just out of his reach. Uh, but yeah, otherwise it's it's a really fun, and I I really want to start um, going through all these Corman um, oh, yeah. adaptations because um, I think I've seen I've seen I've seen one the other Red Death Mask one. of the yes, Red Death. I've seen yeah. that one, and I don't think I've seen Pit and the Pendulum. Isn't wait is it? Isn't there one where they kind of like also managed to do Hop Frog during the same one? Is that Mask of the Red Death? I feel like um, one of them, like Hop Frog, is just also there, hmm. and just like and Maybe. and introducing I, Hop Frog. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I could just I could just imagine like a like an eighties style like, like a uh, sitcom com- opening, yeah, like a sitcom opening and just like a little circle <laughs> it's, and, and guest starring Hop Frog. <laughs> uh, yeah, Corman did eight of those. Balky Bartokamus, so, but Hop Frog. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, seven of which have. Vincent Price, so you know that that's like that's a good way to spend uh, yeah. some time. Uh, old Vincent, he 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 was he's he's always a good time. Uh, Carlo, yeah. um, uh, uh, you know what? Yeah. So, sorry, uh, this is a total non sequitur. So we we shall return. No, to, no, okay. no, go for C- it, Carlo. R- real quick, back to the House of Usher show for just a moment. Do they ever actually do the murders at the Rue Morgue? Yes, with with the chimpanzee. Okay, yes, I, I was I, because um, they keep they keep showing it, and I'm like, God damn it. Stop showing me the so, chimpanzee. <laughs> so, so the the this was like also eye rolling because it's uh what is it Roderick Usher Experimental right facility or whatever like that. so so then um uh, they, the Roderick they have, Usher Institute for Monkey Crimes. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it's it's an actual lab, right? Uh, they they show the lab. This is this is sort of like the you know like this is like the Neuralink uh version, except that they're trying to. Have like some sort of weird, um, it's I don't the heart it's mesh like a, thing because yeah, of the like a heart mesh, yeah, right? Where he's like, yeah, yeah. But by the way, what one of the funniest lines is is when he is he is sitting in his decrepit room and he's like, "But if you had a heart, an experimental heart mesh that could measure your, you, you know, the veins in your in your brain in real time, you might be." And I'm like, "Shut up." This is Edgar Allan Poe. Stop talking about monitoring veins in real time. Anyway, yes. <laughs> anyway, yes. Um, so, so uh, this is a, a a bit of dialogue that uh, Katie Siegel, uh, who apparently uh, I I guess I I may have known this and forgotten it, and then relearned it uh, because Flanagan apparently is a wife guy. He he needs to have his wife in, in everything that he films. Uh, so Katie Siegel is in this uh, as like, uh, what's her name? Camille uh, Usher. Yes. And she's like the PR uh, genius. She's not, she's, she's written very, very poorly. <laughs> uh, she does not come across as a genius. Um, but anyway, um, 
she's the one that gives the line about like, well, you know, it was called Roderick Usher Experimental. And this is after they flash a sign that says, basically, you see the sign in front of the lab and it's R.U.E. And you're like, okay, they're going to make a Rue Morgue joke with this, aren't they? And motherfucker, they do. Because, <laughs> because they can't just leave it there and let you put it together. Uh, Camille Usher needs to tell, well, you know, back in the day, it was called Roderick Usher Experimental until he learned his lesson and removed his name from everything uh, and just left it be R-U-E. And so people used to call it the Rue Zoo, but now they call it the Rue. Then you're like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, well. Just just let people figure shit out, dude. Mr. Corman, we didn't deserve you. Now we're... Now we're left destitute oh, did, with this sort of trim, with like, this like, fucking mess. The the other thing that's sort of almost annoying, but you know, like honestly, like I don't know, I don't know what to think. But it felt very much like uh, they 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 cast Mark Hamill in this as Arthur Gordon Pym. I liked I liked mm-hmm. Mark Hamill. He was he I, he he's good. He, he's just, okay. He was the only guy who was like he was the only character where I, I was like uh, like l- literally every time he wasn't on screen I was like where's Arthur Gordon Pym? <laughs> <laughs> but but it, it's one of these things that it's he's 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 pretty great uh, which which may actually be okay <laughs> compared to everyone else. I'm sad to say, but but it felt I was annoyed because it felt like stunt casting. Yes. Like, oh, let's get the nerds he, in he here. He kind of it's kind of funny how he's like he he kind of looks like Paul Giamatti but he's doing like like 20% of his Joker voice. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I mean and and you know like Paul I, Joker Mati. Yeah, oh no. <laughs> but but um the the thing I think that the the other issue You want to know how I, I got on- these scars? Sorry, I can't do the Fulci Amati voice. I won't even try. Terrible. The uh, the thing that, that that bugged me also was like uh, because I kept on like in my mind comparing it to Succession. I was like thinking about like what is it Frank from Succession? And he's such a scumbag. <laughs> and and Hamill doesn't play him that way. And it's like he's just sort of like a badass. And it's like no, you should make him scummy. Yeah, but hey, yeah. you know. Whatever, yeah, you know, I'm sure that that he he's doing what his director is telling him, you know. So, so Chris, mm-hmm. gr- granted that I haven't seen this particular Corman, but I have seen you know mm-hmm. a fair a fair number of Cormans, and one of the things I always I, I always really love about not not just not just Roger Corman himself, but also kind of like that 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 general era of you know l- mm-hmm. low to mid budget filmmakers. Is is that yeah? You, you know, in in the absence of budget, instead of just being like, "Well, we will do a very well produced but boring shot," they'll be like, "We're gonna do an mm-hmm. okay produced fucking crazy shot." You know, we're gonna spin the cat. We're gonna put <laughs> put all the evil colored lights and you, you know all over everything. We're gonna you know get yeah. the fucking fifteen dollars smoke machine, but get ten of them, just put them all over the place. Let's get some <laughs> evil smoke all over. You know, spin the camera around in a circle. Let's flip it up. You know, flip it upside down. Like you know, just just doing all sorts of bizarre stuff and i really miss that like there's such an emphasis Mm -hmm. now on fidelity where you miss out on all the cool tricks that you can do with almost no money Mm -hmm. like if you watch like you know a dario argento film like you can tell that 
you know, he's, he's, he's got a bit of money to work with, but a lot of it is just like, okay, let's have the cameraman fucking run down some stairs and chase somebody around, you know, through mm-hmm. a building or well, um, it's, it's just like, yeah, uh, yeah. Bla- like the, the black Christmas, uh, the camera is the, the yeah. killer chase, you know, the sort of l- lumbering or, or peeking around a corner or through a yeah. crack. And it's just like off putting. Yeah. It's just great. Oh. The other thing is, you know what's weird about this that that Roger Corman would never have done? There's almost no establishing shots in mm-hmm. in oh. the House of Usher show, which is very weird because like uh, so much of it is about isolated architecture. And and th- they yeah. will just cut from one boardroom to an almost identical looking boardroom. But it's like this this is the blue boardroom and we were in the gray boardroom now. And it's like, well, what, can you show me a building? Please, like, show me, so- do anything. It's called the House yeah. of Usher. Where's the fucking house? <laughs> Where's the house? Uh, well, I mean, like, that's the Corman one is is great for I mean, that because it, it does frequently, like, his approach to the house is really cool because it's just like uh, these, like, they they purchase like actually like burnt trees that were burnt so in a cool. wildfire to. Yeah, to like spread around the house, and, well, and uh, at the very end, when the house ultimately is, is like you know destroying itself, uh, it uh, they they send somebody out to film a <laughs> fire. I love it. <laughs> it's like it's just it's just like you know using resources, but it's just so it's not just like cool things. Like it's just this total lack of any sort of like expressive well, filmmaking. It, it, to your, to your like, point, Chris, like I remember, I was I was also chuckling to myself because I was like, oh man, those were the days, weren't they? Because like that establishing shot, shot of Winthrop approaching uh, the House of Usher, the the mansion, is just like a matte painting, and, and it looks fantastic. Yes, yes, exactly. it looks great. Yes. yes, exactly. Yeah. Should we should we talk a little <sighs> bit about about the short story in in the few minutes that yeah, we have? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Yes, actually, I, I was kind of hoping to pivot to that. Then yes, yeah, like like uh, what was it? I was when we read it, and I, I I'd read it ages and ages ago, so you know. Um, but mm-hmm. um, the 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 part that uh, really s- stuck out to me, and I think we I had shared this with you guys, was that like th- there is no part in this show that goes as hard as like the little poem yes. in the middle, where it's like yes. the, the the last verse of that poem is like really really great, like it's like and travelers now within that mm-hmm. valley through the red litten windows see vast forms that move fantastically to a discordant melody. Melody, while like a rapid, ghastly river through the pale door, a hideous throng rush out forever, and laugh, but smile no more. It, yeah, it's so good. Like, there's so much. So, one of the things that struck me about about it on the reread, because I, I think I probably read this in. Um, the first time I read this was probably in one of those like middle school readers that they used to do yep. where like when I was in when I was in middle school, I, I, I don't know yet if they still do this. I hope they do, but you know, I suspect that, that they might not. You used to always get like like a reader book that would have usually it would have like a couple novellas in it, and then mm-hmm. it would have like a whole just a whole bunch of short stories. And so, you know, it it might have the lottery, it would have some it was it was guaranteed to have some Poe. I, I remember mine had like a sound of thunder, just you know, and, and then and then it would also have some, you know, some some like easy reading Kerouac or something, or you know, I, it, I had, it might have some like Maya Angelou or and so on and so forth. In 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 sophomore <laughs> year, uh, I had uh, an excerpt from Grendel. Oh yeah, 
That was fantastic. Whoa. Like yeah. I Bruh. immediately Bruh. said, Bruh. the Spear Danes. <laughs> I mean, like after reading that excerpt from Grendel's point of view, I was like, "Fuck, I gotta read this." <laughs> but um, what what the thing that I was really taken by is is how, you know. I think it would be easy to criticize the prose in this as a bit laborious because it it does take a long time to to you know to to do anything at all like you know mm-hmm. the the first three pages he's like he's standing in front of the house and he's like and I saw you know I saw some spooky trees I saw some spooky windows I saw some spooky grass I looked in the lake I saw <laughs> the spooky leaves grass and trees but now they were upside down in the spooky lake um, I I. <laughs> 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 He's just like, isn't it funny it's how they're it, all upside down and shit? It's even worse. Um, but but like, there's a real quality of like somebody holding a flashlight or I, I suppose a candle under their chin and telling like a campfire story. Like like you can there, there, there's something so um, so like anticipatory about it. Like it's it's not just it's not so much the prose as like the there, there's, there's an implication that you're you're kind of meant to read the prose like this like building and build you know yard by yard inch by inch um it's <laughs> it's just it it demands a sort of like um it, it, it there, there's something about the quality of narration where it's not so much that the prose itself is spooky but that like the there's a sense that it should be delivered spookily mm-hmm. um and and it mm-hmm. really leans to my mind very heavily on an on like an oral tradition um heyo and uh of of, <laughs> of like j- just you know it, it it feels theatrical it feels a bit overwrought but i bet this story is fun as fuck to read out loud i never have but mm-hmm. like to to me poe is always fun to read out loud. Well, I, that was think, the main thing that 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 uh, I, I think I think that the to, to your point, Kurt. I think that the the thing he's doing there is re- establishing that atmosphere, right? That mm-hmm. that affect, um, because you know, like mm-hmm. like let let's face it, you know, like he's he's really writing in more of the tradition of the gothic than horror oh, one, per se. One hundred percent. I mean. There was no horror oh, yeah. when mm-hmm. he started writing. It right, was, right. It was well, I mean, got, yeah. This is gothic. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, modern horror has its roots firmly, firmly in the gothic, right? Yes. Uh, as is as the as is the weird, right? But but I think that um, yeah. To your to your point, like he's I I was I was sort of struck by the fact that I wasn't sure where this took place, but obviously it's not in America because it's, this is a, a family that's been centuries there, you know, and it's like, well, you know, at the time that he be, wrote though. this. Well, I that's mean, but the at the time, confusing thing because right, right. Well, yeah. I mean, but I would say that at the at the time of him writing, what is it, eighteen thirty nine? Uh, you know, when it gets published, I should say. Uh, you know, like at the time of that, uh, you know, like America's only been around for like as a country, uh, you know, a couple like a a hundred years plus. Um, not even. I think not even. This yeah. Was, I think this was originally published in like 1836. So it's not. Well, even, no, no. It's you're, like you're 60, right. We're, we're, like we're not even. Yeah. We're not even four score. And <laughs> we're not this even is, four score years ago. So this is like in. Um, this is like in uh, Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Um, mm-hmm. I. I. So it specifically says that the headless horseman was like a Hessian mercenary, and if you look it up. He would have been dead for about ten years. Yeah, time of mists immemorial. Yeah, it's still a little bone, a little little meat on those bones still. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, yeah, I, I think it's it's interesting. But but yeah, like to your point, like I, I'm I'm not taking into account like the pre, you know, sort of like the pre, uh, uh, I guess, independent War of Independence well, uh, era. I think that that's also part of what works for it is that there is a timelessness mm-hmm. to it that has no particular connection to history. Just like in, just like in how in the Legend of Sleepy Hollow, something that happened forty years earlier may as well have been eight hundred years mm-hmm. ago. Yep. Or yep. as in, like you know, in like a Lovecraft story. Uh, you know, it will speak about in in these like hushed tone, these hushed reverential tones of something that ha- something that happened in you, you know eighteen eighty six, which would have been again like fifteen Third, years yeah. before he was writing. <laughs> exactly. There's there, there's a weird like there's a weird sense of evoking like deep time of like well we are now in the modern, and Lovecraft was evoking the not quite fully modern and in the same way i think that poe is even though to us poe is writing about the time that he lived in he's probably intending to write about like the time when he was growing up you know Mm -hmm. which which much like how you know again tolkien is writing about something that happened 40 or 50 years ago and kind of like remembering his childhood as if it's a million years ago Mm -hmm. i think poe is probably doing the same thing of being like well Anything that happened when the current speaker was a child is 200 years ago. Doesn't, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think I think that that's absolutely correct, right? Uh, to, to a certain extent, we we sort of even mythologize our own yeah. uh, like our own lifetime, right? <laughs> like like you like you're saying, like like something that happened to me when I was six is like, wow, that was like a different time. And you're like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, sure, but also it it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> I think it's however old, um, old like how however old the oldest thing near you w- was when you were a kid. Because like when you're six, something that's you know ten years old is very old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like if well, you go to a cemetery, that's infinite old. Yeah, yeah. When when you when you when someone tells you when you're six, someone tells you that they're twenty. You're like, man, you're old yeah they must have it all figured <laughs> <Yeah>. out <laughs> well yeah, and i also you know it go it also i think goes towards the relativity of it all where it's just like whether something is you know a thousand years or a hundred years old it doesn't matter it's fucking mm-hmm. old it's the yeah. history it's the past you know what i mean like it's it's this like you know the what do they say the hi- history is the country they can't yeah. go to or whatever <laughs> or something like that i i, I think i mangled i mean that. i th- i think it's an evocative uh, phrase same. even if you mangled it so i mean but, but oh, no, maybe I, I just coined it. Who I, knows? I think you are exactly <laughs> correct, and the and th- this I think is directly relevant to the House of Usher, and probably part of why, p- frankly, part of why the the show with its nowness really doesn't doesn't work in the way that the story does is that it is relying on this 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 the smudginess of deep time that you know the, 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 mm. this assumption mm-hmm. that like I don't even remember if they ever say this, but you have to assume. That in the house of Usher, that Roderick Usher was walking past, you know, a long corridor of family portraits that all look kind of the same. But, you know, this guy has a big mustache and this guy is wearing like a weird Prussian helmet. And this yeah. guy. Oh, they do that yeah. bit in the Corman movie. They, they, they don't do that uh, in the show, sadly. No, for, for, 
Oh uh, yeah, they they do that bit where like um, it's like the long line of Usher family and all their evil yeah, deeds and and, 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 and again, like it's it's spooky because the implication is well, history is gone, but it's also with us, and it mm-hmm. and, and it might come back, mm-hmm. and and so yeah, like that that sense of time is very very integral to to like how it's constructing things. Um, yeah, yeah, what, like 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 history history in the Gothic history actually is haunting us now. yes yes quite yes literally yes yes absolutely um and what's funny is to contrast to contrast that with the moments that you that that would be emphasized in a more visual um horror retelling of this story for instance uh the part where he sees madeline usher um is like two sentences and like like where she's still yeah. alive and it's like if if you were skimming you would skip right over mm-hmm. it where yep. it's like oh and i saw a woman and then she walked out of the room you know yep. and then yep. he's like oh that's you know <laughs> oh, my my sister is not well and blah 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 but like it's like that would visually you expect that to be a big moment but it's it really only needs to be to be mentioned because what's important is not is not the action what's important is the atmosphere well, and and what's important for mm-hmm. Madeline as like a character in that story is her absence, right? Yes, exactly. Yes, yes. Because, like to your to your point, yes, it, it is exactly like one line, maybe two, and then she's like at the end of that same day, like at the end of that same paragraph, almost. <laughs> she's like, oh she's yeah, she dead. died, and you're like, what? <laughs> she's dead, and you're yeah, like, no, what? yeah, no, she died. She got real sick and died. I was just like real fast, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I love I love how it's delivered too, where, where it's like that will probably be the last time that you see her. Oh, like alive. <laughs> she died. <laughs> the, the other thing that I really enjoyed is the part right after that um, in the short story where the narrator starts talking about just like the wonderful time that he had hanging out with Roderick Usher. And he's like, we were reading poetry and hanging out, having a great time. Yeah. Uh, and there was one line in particular where he he talks about listening to Roderick Usher's talking guitar, which, which I assume is just like kind of like poeticism, you know, referring to like a guitar or like a lute of or, or something. <laughs> but all I could think of was like Frampton comes alive and like Roderick Usher is sitting there with like a talk box. Going like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I found it I found it interesting because the um, the little epigraph at the beginning of the. Uh, of the story makes reference to like uh, his heart is strung like a lute or something to that effect that mm-hmm. if you strike mm-hmm. it, it will sound or something to that effect. I, I forget exactly, but um, in the Corman, there is a little nod to that uh, epigraph because uh, Roderick has like, as soon as we went through, Oh, is that your uh, portrait? Is that your thing? Is that your lute? <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's such a funny, it's such a funny, uh, uh, but, is, but yeah, yeah, like he, yeah, and, and then when he plays it, it's like really like discordant and like it's just like he's freaking <laughs> terrible at it. Like, Prithy, sir, I'm still learning. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have not, I've not mastered the the, the tabs yet. Uh, but yeah, <clears throat> but that's, yeah, it, 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 go that's ahead. the problem with. Uh, I was gonna say like that's the problem with these adaptations is if you 
as I suspect probably happened at some point, like take the story and try to turn it into like a shooting script, you know, I've been like, well, here's one scene, here's where this scene stops. And here's, you know, this is going to be a shot and I'll break this down and blah, blah, blah. It, it just, it doesn't really work because so little frequently, so little happens in a mm-hmm. post story in terms of like action. Um, and, and it's all atmosphere. And I, I think a lot of, the the assumption of of a lot of visual stylists today seems to be that you can establish atmosphere in a single shot in an instant. All you need mm-hmm. is for the set to look the right way, and then you just need to figure out what happens in the scene. And and of course, if it's going to be a three minute scene, you need three minutes worth of things happening. Whereas it would be much better served if instead of trying to do a bunch of shit in the first episode of a series like like the House of Usher, if they just had three minutes of Auguste Dupin just kind of walking through a fucked up house, you know, mm-hmm. and have nothing happen and just show the fucked up house. Show Great the fucked up house. All, established. All the portraits of the, of the Usher family. But see, that's the thing because they are a, a actually uh bastard children of some CEO uh, who then have to have a rags to riches story. They don't have a history, you know, yeah. they, they don't have a, like a history, the way that, that Roderick and Madeline Usher do in the story. And you're like, where's your family yeah. tree? And it's like, they they don't. I mean, I guess it, it's it's like it's like like that line in uh, in <laughs> in Pulp Fiction is like, I'm American. My name don't mean shit. <laughs> yeah. You, you know what? There there is something that did the whole um the the whole kind of like ancient kingdom, but make it into a corporation and had it work uh kind of, um which is the uh. The the Ethan Hawke um, ha- Hamlet two thousand film. Oh, okay. Uh, which, which is yeah. so it's it's him. Gosh, who else is that? I mean, Bill Murray. Bill Murray. <laughs> All right. As, um, yeah. Uh, is it a Fortinbras? I think he he plays. It's um. It's I don't. I don't recall, but it, it's yeah. like the Denmark I, I know. Corporation. <laughs> but it's it's yes. it's clever because it's very it's very concerned with like. You know, they show all this corporate architecture and you get like Ophelia kind of like, you know, fawning and then throwing herself off of, you know, the the inside lobby of like a skyscraper and falling down into kind of like what one what, what of those like corporate art installations that they destroy in Fight Club. Um, it's, <laughs> it's 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 interesting. And they're actually unlike this leans heavily on the Gothic aspect of corporate architecture, mm-hmm. um, which is completely absent from from this and you know it's 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 the poorer for it mm-hmm. so. yeah and 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 to be clear Absolutely. like like this is for all like it's got a lot of flaws i did not like this show um the cast is all you know like it's it's full of beautiful people let's 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 face yeah. it um the the and on a shot by shot basis like it, it it's it very has, it's very good looking. shots mm-hmm. and like even like it can even be like fairly colorful at times it's mm-hmm. just it just it doesn't amount to anything, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I, I think the closest it gets to something interesting is precisely that Prospero party, where it, it then becomes like um, the Mask of the Red Death, briefly. But it's not, it's not enough. It needs yeah. to be more lurid. It needs to be, I don't know. Like I said, like my 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 pitch would have been, yeah, Grey Gardens. And then the rest of the like they yeah. they need to make like this is the thing it, it it this is a show that that 
owes a debt to succession, but does not make like succession did. Everyone in that family is a fucking freak. <laughs> they By the suck. Way, <laughs> maybe this is the way to cap off the episode. Um, it, the, Google Grey Garden's house now. By, by the way, and see what the Grey Gardens house looks looks like today, and that is effectively what Mike Flanagan did did to Poe. <laughs> it just it, looks it, it just Zillow? looks like a nice little yeah. <laughs> oh no, it's like I'm a nice afraid. little like a Cape Cod. Oh, type, oh type nice. House. Oh look, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's lovely. I mean, it, it, it Kurt, you you are not wrong. This this looks like it should belong. <laughs> precisely in sort of like the palette, uh, the color palette that Flanagan's using here. Like it, it does exude that, uh, that cheery Americana. <laughs> and I, I think that that's the issue, right? That, that he, he's trying to capture like that, uh, sort of like the dark side of picket fences, but he doesn't really go dark enough. Yeah. Like also, could you imagine this being like a Lynch? Yeah, oh Yeah. Man, mm-hmm. so many in in so many different hands. I think this this could have worked, but most importantly, off of Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. All right. Netflix yeah. is a failed I experiment. Mean, it, it, it's sad because like it. This looks like it could have had some potential, uh, and I don't know. Like I don't <laughs> know where Flanagan <laughs> ends and Netflix begins. They've they've squandered the valuable Poeverse. <laughs> IP. Yes. The po- the post cinematic yeah. universe uh, is sadly no more. Never it's more. Never even. more. Hey. Hey yo. <laughs> uh but yeah. Well, you know, the streaming service under the sea. Uh anyway, uh gents, thanks for for humoring me and uh granted uh, you know, uh, you y- you did what you could. Brave soldiers that you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh no! I, I, my, my final thought was, another show that I didn't like, but that actually kind of pulled it off a bit better was uh, Lovecraft Country. Honestly, gotcha. Mm-hmm. I, 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 still didn't like the show, but mm-hmm. they did at least, you know, look at the stories and go, what can we do with, you know, with this general idea? You know, what can we? How can we make this visually evocative and try to do stuff with it? I didn't think it worked, but there was an idea there. So yeah, yeah. I, I think that they, they, they. Ma- they they yes. mashed. <laughs> hey, where's my cake, Bedelia? <laughs> Where, where's my TV, Bedelia? <laughs> no, no, because that's the that's the cake that Bart throws away. You know. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, uh, Chris, do you have any last thoughts, or was that it? Uh, yes, watch yes. Corman I'm going to go watch, watch Roger Corman movie, movies. I think. I think yes, that's what I'm going to do right now. Let's do it. All right. Well, anyway, uh, gents, thanks again. Everyone out there, thanks for listening in. We'll catch you next time here on Graveside. She was singing in my ear, you would think that she knew me.